The mosque has been targeted. And the Monroes are housing a dangerous man. The games are soon to begin. So, it's the writing on the wall for those that Bobby holds dear. I'm Alex. I'm Rob. And this is the Wilford Weekly Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Wolford Weekly, your weekly EastEnders podcast where this week we will be discussing the episodes released on the BBC in the UK from Monday the 15th to Thursday the 18th of November. And joining me once again is everyone's best friend, it's Rob. Hello Rob, how are you today? Hello Alex, I'm very well thank you. Hello viewers, listeners, how are we this week? Oh, a nice, th- a nice Friday recording this week, I haven't had to get up early or anything. I like it yeah. when they do. I like it when we do this, it means I get a lie in tomorrow. Normally Alex gets me up at the crack of dawn to record podcasts, but when the but when the episodes are airing weirdly like this, I get a lie in and we get to record in the afternoon and everything's delightful. So this is me at the peak of my 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 brain is on fire this week. Everything's great. <laughs> but before we go any further and talk about this week's EastEnders, we are now going to delve deep into Lou Bill's suitcase. <laughs> And this week, we are going back in time to 1994 to the 15th of November, where Sharon Gate has just, the fallout of it has just happened. And Phil and Grant are having their two-hander in the Archers. Rob, I would like you to pick up and tell us all about this episode. Well, see, weirdly enough, this is one of my... One of my very earliest memories of EastEnders as I was watching it as a kid. I remember, I don't remember watching the sort of the big old famous scene of everyone in the Vic and the tape recording being read out. But weirdly, I do remember watching Grant um, knocking seven bells out of Phil as he was dragging him around the arches, like throwing him into that wall and throwing him into that wall. And so, yeah, and I remember I remember watching that when I, when I was really, really young, you know, about three or however or however old I was when it started so they've had their big old confrontation and now Phil's in hospital because Grant's knocked you know him black and blue and he was he's got a big old bandage around his head not for the not for the last time um of course this storyline was what brought uh Barbara Windsor onto the show wasn't it because she came to see uh Phil in hospital of it I think am I right there it's the one that I think that this was the start of Peggy Peggy the second as it were this was the start of Peggy being a main character. Oh, Barbara okay, Winter yeah. had been on screen prior to that, but only for about one or two episodes. Yes. Oh, okay. And obviously there was the Peggy Mitchell before as yes. well that was played by a different actress mm. when uh, was it Sam was going to get married and um, she was uh, against it. Uh, and uh, so that was that, that was the previous Peggy. But mm. yes, this was this was when basically this was when Barbara Winter started her career, her contract on the show. And this was yeah. it. From there on, she was on for many, many more years to come. Happy days. Um, so, yes, yeah, so essentially this episode is all about um, Grant and Phil talking about uh, what happened with Sharon. What I like is the fact that they have this whole half an hour conversation and basically Grant comes to the conclusion, oh, well, I guess Sharon's a slut. There we are then. That's that, so- that's that sorted out. She slept with my brother. <laughs> Clearly she's a slut. Easier times, wasn't it? When you could just blame an opinion on the woman being the slut, and the, and the man's absolutely blameless yeah. completely, isn't it? Yes, easier times. Uh, it's a nice, it's a nice little scene, though. Little secret, though. I mean, a confession more than anything. And this is really, really bad as a EastEnders fan, as an EastEnders super fan that like does a podcast at weekly. I've never been that big a fan of Grant, if I'm honest. Is that bad? It's really bad, isn't it? Like, I know I'm not a massive Grant fan. I'm not. I just always saw Grant as like this real. If you think about the stuff that Grant used to do, especially you know when you think of how he treated Tiffany, for example, he was an appalling human being to Tiffany. Mm. Yeah, I know Phil's no angel, and I do like Phil these days. But again, Phil went through that stage of being the most hateful human being on earth. Hence why he got shot. But yeah, Grant, I was never that keen on because he's just such a. But it's weird because I think that. Grant is probably one of the only people that Phil is a little bit afraid of, you know, because I think in a lot of ways he's worse than Phil. Even when Phil's at his, even when Phil's at his worst, even these days, if Grant was to come back now, I reckon he could quite easily kick Phil into shape, and you know, hence why he ended up (laughs) being in hospital by Grant, because Grant's one of the only people I think that could realistically like 
beat Phil up to the point where he's in hospital. Nobody else, nobody else can ever do that because Phil is a superhuman. Um, but yeah, they have this uh, good yeah. old, he's got this good old conversation um, and talk about like how when they were were young and how Phil apparently decorated his bedroom. Uh, and then managed to get girls round to look at his to look at his decorating. That's a that's a tactic I've never heard before. I might try that. Decorate. Uh, this, this, this is the start. I'm going to have I'm going to have people coming around and looking and judging my wallpapering techniques. Um, did you enjoy this episode? What was your um, What were your thoughts on it? Yeah, it's a lovely episode. It's a very intense episode. You're constantly on edge throughout it and you're you're frightened about the outcome of it going back to what you're saying about grant i mean grant is an incredibly difficult character to like yes um he's i mean he even as he's been on the show he 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 doesn't soften by any stretch of the imagination but a lot of things have happened to him where he's been kind of scorned and so that's why the abusive behavior does become worse i mean uh later on sharon tries to get her own back on grant but then backs down and decides to to not to not go ahead with it that's a months down the line yeah um but yeah yeah, you're right grant is a very difficult character to like um and uh, you know he he's he tends to use his fists rather than his mind his his anger his temper just kind of carries him away um it's interesting you also saying that phil is the kind of like the softer brother because he was always the kind of like the softer brother um but when the yes. when grant left ross kemp decided to step down they kind of then introduced phil as being a lot more more mm. like his brother grant did you find that hence why you said then yeah. oh the yeah absolutely early 2000s when he became a much more aggressive character the who shot phil story which you referred to you're absolutely yeah. right about that they kind of replaced grant with phil um because if you watch phil at, at the moment although he is not a nice character either. He is always going to be the one who kind of is the reasonable one of the two Mitchell brothers, um, which is mm. which is what what he always was until Grant Grant left. But yeah, no, I love the episode. I love I love the episode. I mean, the two yeah, actors play so well together as well. Like from the moment they both, mm. from the moment they first came on screen, they just they just work so well together. And we've, when Barbara Wins got introduced as well, I don't know what, but they just bonded, and all magic. three of them are just magic powerhouses. Oh, an absolute magic mm. on screen, absolute magic on screen. And I mean, I'm sure most people know about Sharon Gate, but just to have that conclusion to such a huge story, like mm. nine months in the making, to this build-up, to this 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 release where Grant hears the tape, then tells everyone in the pub, Kathy gives Sharon a slap, and then uh, yes. Bill and Grant finally have it out. And th- but the thing is, that's not the end of it either. I mean, if you then it carries on for weeks after that, where Grant Aftermath. Then wants forgiveness what? from Phil and. Mm. I know. Can you believe it? What's that? It's, it's just wonderful. I love it. I love it. And like I say, two 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 handers are few and far between at the moment. And to, to use that as an example of oh, so much. I miss mm. it so much. Um, yeah. But I, don't, I wonder these, if we'll ever have handers. like a, like. Mm, I wonder if we'll ever have like two brothers that would have that kind of like that relationship the same way that Phil and Grant have. I mean, I can't see it with Vinny and. Correct for argument's sake. No, but it's interesting though, isn't it? Because you you can all you can boil down to how the Mitchell brothers turned out the way they were, all down to Eric, um, because Eric just turned both yeah. his sons into aggressive sort of sort of aggressive sort of thugs. Basically, you know, whenever you wanted to throw an insult at Peggy in the old days, you Pauline would say, it, Pat would say, you know, just just insult one. You've got two thugs, two thugs and a slapper. That's what you produced. And that, and that always managed to kind of get Peggy there, there and then, because she couldn't really argue with it either, could she? No matter, Peggy was very good at arguing about any fact whatsoever, <laughs> but until anybody threw that point at her, she'd be like, I, 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 yeah, well, get out of my pub. You know, that was, <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was happy days, happy days with the Mitchell uh, brothers, sort of, um, well, kings of the square, essentially. Um, and Phil's just now sort of this old relic of a, uh, of a, of a man that, um, does he miss does he miss grant do you reckon i mean do you think that the on-screen dynamic could be improved by i mean you know i was saying uh, you know grant coming back it's not going to happen under, under special circumstances but you know, what do you reckon grant now would do in the square do you reckon there's a, there would be a place for grant in in eastenders these days i don't think they could bring back the same magic they had in the 90s i think phil and grant the mitchells i think the mitchells really were yeah and without peggy as well i think they were at their peak the 90s and to, to, and the 2000s and i just think that as you say with with phil on his own now that magic's kind of gone and he's he's almost a shell of the man he was to the point where like what five years ago he was slowly becoming like the grand 
father yeah. kind of sat on his chair and kind of dished out orders to people. They kind of got him back into the action recently, more recently. But mm. like, I just think that you you can never you can never re- re- remake that magic again. I think they tried to sort of recreate the sim- a similar dynamic that Phil and Grant had with Ronnie and Roxy. Because you had one that was a bit more reasonable, and one mm. like Ronnie, who was who could be an absolute psycho when, when she wants to be, and have that really close but almost too close toxic relationship. Yeah, those sorts of kind of sibling relationships in EastEnders are always fascinating to watch. So I'd love, I'd love to, I'd love to have a pairing like that on screen again. You never know, maybe the Clenshaw era will bring us bring us something like that. So that was all those many millions yeah. of years ago. Let's talk about this week, shall we? Been a bit of busy old week, really. <laughs> Really enjoyed this week, actually, for the most part. I thought it was a really, really strong week. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you entirely. Yeah. It's been a lovely week this week. Yeah. Very, uh, very out out of kilter a little bit when I was watching it. I was just like, oh, yes. Yeah, something to moan about. Very much. Very much indeed. <laughs> Nothing yet. Oh, we still find something to moan about, I'm sure. Um, we'll, we'll disappoint our listeners if, they, if we didn't. <laughs> We need, we need to find something, or else people will be people wouldn't be able to moan about us about. So let's find something, shall we? Let's dig deep. No, exactly. Equilibrium of life. Uh, let's start with the Slaters then. Um, and uh, they've been pretty much they found they found uh, the long lost. I've forgotten her name. The solicitor, uh, Stacy's wife, Eve. Yeah, they found Eve, and Eve uh, came back a little bit drunk, and uh, a little bit Suki drunk. saw this and yes. basically told them they're out now, a little, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and said, you're out now, you've, you've had too many chances, uh, no more. So uh, Jean, in a wonderful scene, talking about Phil actually, was saying that Phil, you know, doesn't oh, have many it. people bounce yeah, off her. This was Lovely scene with Jean this week, mm. where uh, they decided that they were both the godfathers and the godmother of the square. <laughs> Uh, made made a a pact that they were going to stay with they're going to stay with Phil until they can find themselves somewhere a bit more uh, permanent to stay uh, in in the future Um, so the Slaters are moving in then with with the the, the Mitchells in this this house I presume rebuilt so it's got five new bedrooms for everyone to move into Uh, obviously yeah, I like the way that I like the way that Jean turned around to Phil and was like, I like the way that Jean thought oh, we haven't really got there isn't really room in Phil's house, as though they had just come out of something that wasn't the TARDIS, where they had about seven hundred people living in the same house. It was it was ridiculous. <laughs> I re- yeah, I thought the scene between Phil and Jean was really good. I've decided I really like Phil and Jean scenes. They work really because they're such opposite people. Like I don't think there's very few characters I think that are so kind of polar opposites because Gene's sort of mad and zany and and Phil just kind of grunts. So when you put the two of those together, it's a really interesting dynamic. Jean, the godmother of the square. I don't know if I've um, ever really considered her in that role before. I'm suddenly thinking of Game of Thrones and the two of them at some point are going to be kind of opposites over on (laughs) thrones and Jean's just going to be sort of directing the Slaters into war. Um, But yeah, so the... The Slaters will be apparently moving into the Mitchells. I think we shall be seeing the new Mitchell house next week. And if Cat's got anything to do with the interior design, right. then we're yes, then we're we're in for a very interesting little uh, sight, <laughs> feast for the eyes. I think next week I've seen a picture, and it's interesting. Honestly, there's a picture online of Stacy and Cat. Um, in the new Mitchell living room and Kat's all dressed up in leather print and it honestly looks like Stacey's gone to see a sex therapist because all of the um, paint, <laughs> like, there's, there's some really sort of like nice blue but leafy stuff on the walls. I'm not convinced that Phil's going to enjoy his new interior design because if he's let Kat be entirely in charge of that, that's just dangerous thinking. Um, but yeah, Phil is back this but week. This is and Kat's, meets Kat Eve. bought that ornament, didn't she, of the leopard? Of the, the leopard, leopard was it? yes. And, uh, and yes. she used that as almost like a, uh, this is what the house is going to look like when we move in. Um, and yes. she hadn't shown that to a Phil. Pivotal key I think you're right. I think Phil, <laughs> I, I can't, yes, I think Phil's going to walk in through the front door and just have his jaw drop to the ground with shock. Back to Portugal, like I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going off again. I've had, I've had enough. I've had enough. <laughs> yes. Um, so yes, the um, so the Mitchells uh, and the Slaters are soon to be one big happy family. Um, now, I can say Eve's back this week. Um, yeah, but they, we say that Eve was found this week. She wasn't really found. She just kind of turned up in the cafe, wasn't she? Because Stacey's been trying to sort of persuade Kirat to um, sort of talk to Suki and try and get this whole drama sorted. And Kira is essentially saying, 
well, you're, you don't seem to want to sleep with me. So do you know what? Sort it out yourselves. I'm not bothered. And then we go, <laughs> we go across to um, uh, the cafe and um, I quite enjoyed Eve throwing sandwiches at Suki. That, that, that tickled me far more than it probably should have done. Um, cause Eve was, Eve was throwing out barbs saying things like, oh, your family are probably gonna, oh, but you, you know, your kids will be better off dead than with you. And it's like, Ooh! um, which didn't help, uh, the Slater's case whatsoever. Um, so, but does this mean now that Eve is gonna be living at Phil's as well? Because if, presumably, if the, if the Slaters have to kind of keep Eve, under their under their care, that means that she's now got to move into Phil's as well. That's going to be interesting, isn't it? Even Phil living under the same house. Well, I wondered that. Yeah, I wondered that too. And also, like, I don't know. I, I wonder. I wonder how much of uh, a persuasive uh, drinker Eve is as well. Would you reckon she could? <laughs> she because she's obviously. Likes likes the tipple. I hope that yes. she's not going to be a, too bad of influence on Phil because he. I think this is the longest stretch that Phil hasn't had a drink for a, for a, like a very very long time. Oh, would you? Uh, yeah, but he can't do it again now, can he? Wasn't he? Wasn't he told last time? Yeah, well, he was told last time though. If he starts drinking again, he'll die, wasn't he? Was that not the the last? Well, he had the that... liver transplant, didn't yeah. he? Um, from the guy, and then he felt really guilty because he said that that guy. Oh, I can't remember that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but Phil felt real bad guilt. And didn't he then give lots of money to the family of the man Something who like that, yeah. gave him the liver? So if he's got a new liver now, oh, he's, he's ha- it's good to go again for another 40 years of alcohol binging then. Marvellous. Yeah, let's, <laughs> so we'll probably, probably do a drunk Phil at some point soon. Just have another go. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, it's not right. unheard of in a soap in a soap to like basically have a story where there's an alcoholic and he's been told or she's been told that she only one more drink passes those lips and you'll be dead. And then they'll have a storyline where they binge and then they, <laughs> then they have a binge one night. Yeah. One smirn off ice and then you're down in the ground. Yeah, I, I, I wonder what kind of influence Eve will be with uh, with the, the, the Phil as well, um, because obviously she's she's persuaded Jean to be uh, to be on her side now. Jean's kind of taken a full one eighty and decided like actually, she you know. Well, I don't do know that. if it's a one. She's obviously looked after you in jail. So. I don't know if it's a one eighty. I don't think she's still exactly keyed on the fact that Eve's still around, but I think Jean sort of accepted that if she wants Stacy to sort of be. Uh, it's still within the family and sort of keep G- as keeps keep Stacy close so she's got to just kind of accept Eve I think she kind of knows that Eve's not going to be if this arrangement is to, is to work out Eve's not going to be around forever as soon as the probation officers kind of get bored with the case then Eve can go off and I think Jean's just sort of counting down the days till that happens but yeah if they're moving into um into Phil's house then uh, yeah maybe then maybe that's going to be a bit chaotic um, my question is then that leaves the Slater house empty now, then, doesn't it? So, have we got? Do we get? Are we going to have some people moving in? Oh God, there's so many bumping around, aren't they? They're all moving from houses. The Toms move now in with Kathy's. Everyone's going everywhere. <laughs> Can't keep up. Everywhere. No. <laughs> so there we go. Um, so yes, the, um, the 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 movement now basically is uh, Harvey now is now a back of work because uh, there is a impossible little frisson should we say developing between harvey and gene yeah. this wasn't a pairing i saw this wasn't a pairing i saw coming because there was a little bit of a drama this week with this leopard that we mentioned earlier because cat had brought this sort of key points to the house as though, as though this leopard was the only thing that was kind of keeping this house will look rubbish without this little pot without this little ornamental leopard smack bang in the middle of a living room otherwise the whole decor is pointless and there's no point in any of it um <laughs> and ruined. gene yes gene knocked it off the uh the table uh with her hand bag and it smashed on the floor and Harvey super glued it back together expertly it looked exactly the same it was almost like they filmed the scenes after the gluing before they broke it it looked exactly the same as they didn't look as though it had been glued together at all Harvey is a genius with all that sort of thing isn't he see that would have made sense see there was me sat there thinking the whole time that they bought two of them <laughs> one to break and then one to film but yeah it would have made more sense and cheaper no I think you're right I think it would with a, with a BBC licence fee I think they always have to p- penny pinch every penny and uh, just just film the scenes in the opposite way yeah it was so well put together again like you would not know that it had just been smashed on the floor and then um, Kat came back and also broke it and, sort of, and, 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 and all that sort of happened which I did giggle at uh, but yeah so Harvey and Jean now that's going to be interesting because the Monroes have um, really kicked up a notch this week. So Jean's involvement in that, what do you think? Is is that is Jean now going to be involved in quite a du- what's going to turn out to be quite a dark storyline in, in the coming weeks? I mean, Jean's very good at 
uh, kind of giving out advice, especially when she was holier than thou Jean earlier in the year when she thought she was going from <laughs> Aslan Jean, yeah, for a very yes. long time. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it, Aslan Jean. Um, so I think she's, to, to be fair, I think she's the right character to kind of introduce into the Munro's family for what could been rumoured potentially is going to be going forward with them uh, around the Christmas period. I think she's going to be the kind of like the 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 calm uh, mm. amongst the storm that is the Munro family as this is all unfolding. Um, I, I Harvey and Jean, I welcome it. I quite like their relationship. I don't think it's I don't think it's got potential for a long term though. Um, Jean said that her her only man she loved was Daniel. Uh, yeah. Which I thought was a bit unfair as well with the man she ran away with, didn't she? The guy from the bill. Um, I, I liked him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's forgotten about. He's, yeah. he's, he's not a problem um, anymore. No, I Daniel. Daniel. Daniel was more important. I mean, Daniel. We all loved Daniel. We're all in love with Daniel. Daniel's the only man for any of us. Um, I actually thought the comparisons between um, Aaron and Sean that John that the Jean that John that uh, Jean made this week were quite interesting. Sort of as as far as as far as Jean mm. sees, we obviously nobody knows apart from Harvey how un- unhinged Aaron actually is. We'll move on to the uh, onto the Monroe story now because mm. that really really kicked up a gear this week. I'm so excited about this. Is that wrong? Absolutely. I love this sort of story. I absolutely love the sort of stories that just yeah. force you to look at a really horrible issue that is in that is in general society and and really address it. So. Um, last week it was um, arranged for uh, Bobby and Tiff to uh, go across to the Monroes for a lunch. Now we can't have a lunch on EastEnders that go by without any sorts of awkwardness, and it was one. And it was a classic, wasn't it? It was a it was a good old awkward EastEnders lunch. Normally the Mitchells get that sort of get that sort of treatment, but I quite liked this this lunch. Scene. Yeah. I was going to say this was no Easter Sunday lunch with Sharon and uh, Hunter and pudding and custard. <laughs> it wasn't a t- it wasn't a touch. It was nothing. Not a touch on that. Let's be honest. But um, yeah, a real tense scene between them and real conflict there. Yeah, um, because um, obviously Aaron didn't want Bobby Bobby there at all. Was using like excuses like well, we haven't got room for another person around this table, which was which was rubbish. And Darla <laughs> knew it was rubbish, and <laughs> Tiffany knew it, and Tiffany knew it was rubbish. This large, massive table that was almost spare room. Almost, the almost yeah. They could have had another couple come in. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so they should invite Jean. Yeah, that will be soon as well. Um, so yeah, Aaron instantly starts interrogating Bobby about things like the Quran. These are things that he and clearly he has asked all of these sorts of questions before. Probably whilst he's punching someone to the ground as it transpires. Um, but Bobby, I thought for 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 his part, held. You know, held held himself really well in that situation, and sort of explained about you know the 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 thought process of peace in the in the Muslim religion. Um, obviously, made no impact on Aaron whatsoever. He's got his mind absolutely set on what he believes the Muslim religion is all about. And really interestingly, this week we learn that Aaron has actually been fully a member of a extreme right wing fascist group. Who I do believe, I think we said this a, couple, a few weeks ago, was probably the group that beat Dana up a few weeks back. We kind of wondered if it was completely unconnected, but actually, mm. I'm thinking that that's that those were his mates. Uh, because Harvey has uh, said, "You you promised me all this was done. You promised me that you weren't doing this anymore." I really liked actually the fact that this this week actually I think saved Harvey as a potential longer life character didn't it because we were wondering a few weeks about whether harvey yes. was going to turn out to be a race basically we thought this was all heading for harvey didn't we we wondered whether harvey was a person that was involved in all of that because of what happened with ash um but it turns out that harvey does not believe in it well he doesn't he doesn't believe in any of that whatsoever and aaron has been a member of this group before and when he gets a visit from the police later because we see aaron again with blood on his shirt um it turns out that he has been meeting up with these people uh, and attacking people, Muslims, in the street because they had um, a scene yeah. where a policeman turned up at the at the laundrette looking for Aaron because a Muslim taxi driver had been beaten up to the point where he is seventy percent likely to be been made blind from the attack. So Aaron is a, not a nice person in any way, shape, or form, and I think that Tiffany needs. Is in a great deal of danger at the moment because this is darker than 
anyone Tiff's ever been with before. This is worse than when she was with Evie. Honestly, she's in far more danger now than she was than she yeah. was before. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, poor Tiff. She's not very quick at spotting like these danger signs, is she? It's a butcher thing. Since then, she was it's... with uh, Keegan. Yeah, it's a butcher thing, isn't it? Bianca had appalling taste in men. She was with Tony for for God knows how long. Whitney. We all know Whitney's history with men, so it's keeping it keeping it in the family. They've all got appalling taste in psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's all. It's it's such a it's such a shame that Tiff can't spot it though. It's like it's, it's like you could see her around the table as well, and she was watching it happen before her. But yet she still kind of the whole time. I thought to myself, Tiff's going to spot this. Tiff's going to be like, Nah, no more yeah. of this. Thanks very much, Harvey. And she. Even though she did spoil it, she didn't do anything about it, which I thought that was a bit poor she kept, show. She kept breaking it up with a glitter, with li- as glitter well, rock lipstick. Had, yeah, well, yes. Well, she tried. She tried her hardest. And Harvey kept talking about like how nice the casserole was or something like that. It's like this kind of two-prong attack to stop these Muslim questions. Yeah, the chicken's been delicious. <laughs> Thanks for the box of chocolates, Bobby. It was lovely. Um, yeah, yeah so I, I, and like I say, with Keegan, like when he had the racism storyline, like mm. you'd think that Tiff would have spotted... Tiff- has been around signs. it she's seen yeah. it she knows the signs to look for and so it's it, it surprised me that tiff wasn't a little bit more forthcoming towards that kind of thing to harvey hang on what are you doing here maybe she didn't feel like it was her place i mean they've not been together for very very long but um mm. i mean harvey certainly felt like it was his place to say something to aaron this week as you say he found aaron's yeah. uh bloody shirt i mean when how often do they change the uh bin bags in wolford is it like once a month because only when something needs had to be that found. bin bag now for like two weeks <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. No, it was a different. It was a. Di- it was a different. It was a different shirt. I think it. It was a different shirt. I think because when he came the first well, so time that again, we saw Aaron since the come last in, time we saw him. Yeah, yeah, that was the. Yeah, that was the point because the first time that we saw him come in, you know, when he was washing his hands and there was blood on it, and there was blood. He was there was blood on his hands, but there wasn't seen to be anything on his shirt. This time around, he had actual blood on his shirt because clearly he had been really going for this guy hence why the guy has a 70 percent really? chance of being yeah. blinded so yeah so he then threw the shirt away so this is the second time that we've seen aaron be involved with this group um and there was a really great scene between harvey and aaron where we really discover the um sort of the dynamic really? between harvey and aaron loved it um and again again an example i think of um harvey is proper scared of Aaron I think I think he is he realizes what kind of people his son enjoys hanging around with but because obviously he has to lie for the police because the police come around looking for Aaron I was was just going to ask because we we saw a few weeks ago there was the scene when Harvey was uh crying to Dana we've seen that um Mm. about her mother and how upset he is about what had happened yeah. which we still don't know although there was I think there was a small mm. hint that she's died this week I'm sure I heard something along those lines I don't think she's but died they keep saying she's left that, um, the oh right okay but it was interesting when you said that it uh, that the group that Aaron hangs around with could potentially be the yeah. same group who then beat up Dana so that could yeah. then lead us to believe that Aaron doesn't care who he hurts his own family, if if it's true to be believed that he got the group beat up his own sister. So do you think mm. Aaron had a hand at something to do with his mother? Had he done something then where Maybe. he got his mother beat up? Maybe his mother like was sympathetic toward a mosque or a Muslim family or something like that. And that's the rift that we're now going to find out is what caused it. Because it, I don't know if, if it's just me, but I've, everyone seems scared of Aaron. Even when, and, and Aaron faked, mm. like when Harvey was shouting at him in that tremendous scene this week yeah, where he yeah, was yeah, saying, yeah. Well, you're going back, you, you promised me you wouldn't do it. And Aaron kind of stood back yeah. and looked a bit worried that his dad was going to do something to him. And I thought, oh, hang on, is this going to show a dynamic? Are we going to learn something more about maybe Harvey had been abusive or something. Uh, but then we found out later that Aaron was lying the whole time to his dad yeah, when he made that phone yeah. call and was spraying the Swastika on the yes, mosque. Like the bank bo- building that's going to be the mosque. Yeah. Yes. So do you think... Do you, do you, do you think that it's all an act with Aaron around his family and the family yeah, kind of are all scared of him? Yeah, completely. Dana especially, I think, has got a real... is really wary of Aaron. And I think there is a... I'd, I'd love to know, like, sort of the more... 
more stories about their upbringing and their relationship as they as they got older. Because I think Aaron is probably, what, maybe a few years older than Dana. They're not massively different in terms of age, are they? So I'd be really interested to know the sort of the relationship that they had growing up. Um, but yes, the end of the end of uh, Tuesday's episode was really chilling. When um, you know you've got Aaron, <laughs> it's the fact that he was you know sat there with his little mask on. You know he's got his his, his mouth covered up with his graf- with his graffiti, painting this uh, swastika on the wall, uh, and then just chucks the aerosol can on the floor and takes his mask off to make the phone call. So I'm sort of confused as to what as to what the point of the mask was. Maybe it was just to stop his <laughs> delicate little lungs inhaling the fumes. Um, but yeah, but he started the and then he just kind of leaves and leaves this and leaves it and leaves this fosticker on the wall. So I cannot applaud the show enough for doing this. This is such an important story, and they're doing it the way that EastEnders should be doing it, mm. and the way that EastEnders normally and should tackle these storylines, which is head on. We are. This is what happens. Uh, you know how many how many shows recently have you seen a bloody Foss sticker on the wall? When's the last time you saw a, saw a Foss sticker actually kind of put on screen in that way and shown for what it really is? I'm yeah, really excited yeah. about this story. It's going to be controversial. It's going to be hard to watch. It's going to be real, really good drama. You know, we had a we had plenty to say about the Sen era in in the video that we did last week about about him leaving, but you know. We've we've also got some really good stories out of this era as well at times, and this I think hopefully will be one of them. Um, and in the coming months, this mm. is really gonna, I mean this, this is, is going, really going to kick into gear. This is going out in a bang, mm. literally. Mm. Apparently, I mean so, you're, uh, you're right. It's, it's it's a very current story. Yeah, it's a very yeah. No pun intended. It's a very current story um, because uh, you know there is a there is a rise in the right kind of thinking Massively. Uh, at the moment you, you all you have to do is open up uh, facebook and you'll see a lot of yeah. people sharing things you know information um and it's 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 i think it's the right story to tell um i wish they'd give it a bit more time because if we are to believe that this is all coming to a kind of a head or at least there's going to be a big dramatic moment coming at Christmas. Mm. I just, this is, you, you're right. Some, there have been stories in the scenario which have been very good, but they've always been very brief. And I just wish that this, this yeah. is a story where I would welcome it not to be brief. I would love to learn more about the Munros, the history of the Munros. What, you know, learn, learn all that background information. So it really builds up and revs up to this big mm. Christmas day or New Year's Eve, New Year's oh, Day I story agree. that we're, I don't want to say exactly what it is because it's, because it, few people might not want to know <laughs> a spoiler, know. but you know, I think we all kind of know where it's bubbling along. Around that time, but, yeah. I just wish they had been given more. Time. I wish they'd started this say in March. <laughs> let's just say, for argument's sake. And I know what you mean. I know what this, you mean. We know we're now at this climax. So yeah, interestingly for me, I agree with you on the fact that I'd love to have seen the Monroes as a as a sort of family and a dynamic, and finding out more about them. But in terms of Aaron's character path, I've, I I actually think they've got Aaron's pacing quite spot on. It kind of because right very soon into into his time on the on the show we sort of worked out oh something about you yeah you're you're not right you're not right in the head are you and I think actually it seems quite natural for us to know this much about him as a new character essentially um, now I I completely agree with you I really want to to learn more about the Monroes and their past and how they've got here and what the hell has happened to this mum but yeah. In conclusion, very excited about this storyline. And it really helps, I think, they've got a yeah. load of really good actors doing this story. Everything about the Monroes is yeah. really working yeah. in it. I think they've really hit the ground running with this story. So, um, fingers crossed, it kind of stays at this quality. But, yeah, fair play, EastEnders. Good story. Nice. We have Vi now on the search for her son, Christopher. She's decided that she is going to look for him. Uh, and she revealed to her... Uh, uh, grandchildren of Callum and Stuart this week and Stuart took uh, quite offence to it because he realised that whilst she uh, had Christopher that he was in care in a care home and she apparently claimed that she didn't have room for him to look after him so he wasn't able to escape and so Mm. he felt very hurt because of the abuse that he had at the hand of that care home when he was uh, left there by his family Um, Again, I'll tell you what, there was a scene this week between Vi and Stuart. Um, and again, so 
motivated and so much energy between them mm. when they were having this discussion. When Stuart, Stuart basically said, why did you leave me there? Why did you not take me? Why did you not take me? You've had a son and then you didn't want him either. What, you know, what was going on? And Vi just couldn't give an answer to it. Mm. It broke her. And mm. the performance wise was terrific. What I did I tell you? Really did. What I, did I tell I you? I really did enjoy it. No. I really did. Oh, yes, I know. I know. Last week I was moaning, saying, oh, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure if Vi's going to stay role. around. I think Vi's going to be a kind of a one-hit <laughs> Rob thing. Rob knows best. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was... Rob, yeah, I should listen to Rob more yeah. often. Yeah. What did, what did you enjoy about the story? Loved what it. Did, loved it, loved it, loved it. Was there anything you kind it. of didn't quite click? You loved it? Um, no, for the most part, I absolutely loved this. Uh, I've just been waiting for this moment for Gwen Taylor, who plays Vi. Because you get a, a, an actress of Gwen Taylor's calibre in. I want to see her act. I want to see her do her thing. And with all we've had with Vi for, since she's, since she's arrived. I'm not saying that, you know, you should, you, inst- you get a new character and instantly start throwing all the hardcore stuff at them. You know, we, it, that wouldn't feel believable, but it felt a little bit too long before we started getting this sort of material for Vi. But we're finally here. I mean, I think this has got the powers. This is quite a layered storyline in a lot of ways, because you're talking about a woman who discovers she was pregnant in her fifties, which isn't actually in itself isn't tackled that often, apart from if you're Sharon, who can have children willy nilly and probably will be able to until she's 90. Um, miracle baby, miracle baby popper outer. Um, but it was really, it's really interesting. I think, because I think if you, if you, if you talk about, um, women who are, uh, kind of, they become pregnant and they're scared. You all, you always associate that with sort of the teenage, the teenage pregnancies, understandably, because that would be terrifying if you're a teenager. Yeah. But it's interesting to see that further, further on in life. You know, a woman in her fifties who is on her own has has nothing to do. This is talking like forty years ago, um, and the fact that she clearly didn't know what to do about the fact that Christopher had Down syndrome, so gave him up for adoption. I'm really loving this, and the scenes where, like you say, she was talking to Stuart were fantastic. I love the relationship between Vi and Rainey. Mm. Vi and Rainey's relationship is yes, up there at the yes. minute with one of the best in the show at the moment. I love those two. Um, and yeah, the scene where Vi sort of just broke down in the bedroom. Oh, perfect. I love Gwen. I love Gwen Taylor. Really enjoying Vi now. It feels like she's sort of settled in a bit more now. I think it, all we needed was like a couple of weeks of Vi actually having something to do. There wasn't just her kind of throwing mm. some acerbic comment out in the background of a scene and actually have her more at the forefront. Because Vi got her first Duff Duff this week. That's always an exciting moment for a new character. The first Duff Duff. <laughs> new Vi Duff Duff. Um... So yeah, I'm absolutely loving this. Now we don't know where Vi's actually gone at the moment because once all this kicked off, you know, once she had her private conversation with um, her family in the Vic in front of the entire Vic and said it all really loudly, so technically the whole square should know about it by now. Um, it was um, we don't actually know where Vi has gone because Stuart went looking for her um, in yes in uh, Thursday's episode. Um, she hasn't gone to see Jono, and she hasn't gone to see her friend Lynette. So we don't know where she is at the moment. Maybe she's kind of gone looking for Christopher <laughs> on her own. We're not sure. Presumably we'll see her again uh, in a couple of weeks. It kind of feels like they've sort of started this storyline up and now they've parked it until they decide to pull it out of the car park again, doesn't it? Because Vi's off and then clearly the storyline's not going to move again until Vi comes back. So uh, that's a tad annoying. Mm. Um, but apart from that, no, I, I have I have no criticism for this story yet. I I really like it, and I really like Vi, and I really like the the, the this now established dynamic between um sort of the halfways um with Vi there and the two because this seems like the first time in a long time that we've sort of seen the Stuart and Callum dynamic and realised that oh yeah they're brothers and they've got this whole family. It's like this whole thing has been completely yeah. unexplored with Callum because he's so involved, so heavily involved with Ben. And the whole Balam sort of dynamic, we we so rarely now see Callum actually being with his family, which is mad, really, isn't it? And I'd really yeah. like to see, I'd really like to see more of Callum because I, I think Callum, yeah, because I think Callum is now because of the whole Balam, Balam thing. I think Callum has literally just become Ben's boyfriend as opposed to a member of the halfway <laughs> family. And I really want to see Callum more in that in that mm. environment rather than just with Ben. Um. Yeah, I just I don't know. It's it's hard to say because, like you say, Stuart and Ray, uh, Stuart and Rainey, Stuart and uh, Callum don't tend to do a lot together. No, other than when they when he was first introduced, when he was kind of like a bit upset with him being with Ben, and he thought Ben was kind of like tainting him. Imagine he thought he was turning him gay. Mm. Um, and then he, yeah, and then he accepted it, and then that's it. Really, nothing's kind of come of it since with their with their uh, 
sibling relationship. Mm. Yes. Mm. But so, as yeah, you say, I don't think there's going to be much. It's a shame there's not going to be much with Vi because I think it's an interesting story that could have, I think it could have carried on as a kind of a background story as the rest of the stories kind of happened around it. As a more of a kind yeah. of like a long lost family kind of ending where mm. they have Davina McCall yeah. come in and she's like, and here's your son. And Vi <laughs> kind of Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Guest appearance by Javina McCall. I'd enjoy. I'd enjoy that. So yeah, there you go. Whitney is growing suspicious of Gray because Gray has given Chelsea a ring, uh, the world's <laughs> the world's most disappointing ring for poor old Chelsea. As she looked at that box, the cheapest, crappiest ring that's ever been seen. I know. <laughs> It's like something from Argos. <laughs> Catalog yeah, number 16. It was. <laughs> I love that one. Um, nothing, there's yeah. anything wrong with that if someone does have a wedding ring from Argos, of course. Such a snob, um, and, uh, Such a snob. Yeah, so Chelsea... But I know, I really am. <laughs> Big diamonds for me. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I mean, Chelsea, Chelsea is almost blinded by what Whitney seems to now be able to see of Grey. Like his lies mm. and like the way he's kind of manipulating Chelsea. It's a real weird change swap over because I just, I still can't help but feel that this story is always meant to be for Whitney. Why would they have done all that Mm. build up for Whitney with the killing of Kush, her singing career, deciding that he didn't want her to go. So he kind of lied. Yeah. You know what I mean? All these things built up to it being with Whitney and then all of a sudden, the, the, it was like the writer's room suddenly went, ah, no, actually, we're going to do it with Chelsea. Run it out and just change yeah. every single title to yeah. Chelsea. You know. So it, it feels weird that they're doing it with, with Chelsea. Um, uh, it, but, but not bad, because I'm glad that Whitney is the one who's kind of discovering it organically, the way that she is, like piece by piece, she's putting the puzzle together. Yes, because um, this week... Um... Mia um, is is quite is quite unwell. So um, Whitney's trying to because Chelsea is falling apart at the seams with the idea of of being vomited on in the street. God knows how she thinks that she how she's going to deal with the idea if she is pregnant. Um, how she's going to deal with the idea of like changing nappies and mm-hmm. you know being thrown upon by babies and you know. Um, so yeah, Whitney's trying to get hold of Gray and rings the office that she originally had the number for. And discovers that Grey is no longer working in that office. So all of a sudden she's sort of looking at Grey and nothing is making sense. But you're right, she has really seemed to have turned off against Grey now. You don't look at Whitney now and think, oh, she's madly in love with Grey. You're totally right. That whole thing seems to have completely (laughs) disappeared and vanished. And she's now literally trying to just work Grey out and... She seems more fond of Chelsea than she even is of Grey. It's it's all gone very mad. But we actually saw, um, for the first time this week, uh, this new job that Grey has, where he's working in the most minim- minimalist burger joint I've ever seen in my life, as though they'd literally cored off one part of the set, <laughs> stuck a picture of a burger on a wall, one grill, one chip pan, and a real clay balls of a manager walking around, calling him Atkins as though he was in the army. I can tell... Who... What kind of burger bar has their manager talking to their employees like you just using their surname that doesn't happen at all i don't think the writers have worked in burger bars if they think that that's how the employee speaks to that anyway um yeah so gray's uh, sat there with uh, frying chips answers his phone whilst he's frying these chips the manager's not bothered about that um and whitney yeah. basically has now learned that um gray <laughs> didn't care um Whitney now has learned that Gray is not working at the office because he gives us he gives us this absolute rubbish story where he's working for a temp agency. He can't even tell the truth about that. I think she would have a lot more kind of grudging respect for him if he just said, "Look, all I'm trying to do is put money on the table for my kids, and I've now got a new baby on the way. I'm having to work at this. I'm having to work at this fast food food joint mm. down the road, you know." But his his pride is far too much for that, which has sort of been one of the key consistencies with Grey if you like the fact that his pride always gets in the way of anything that he wants to do and is quite often the result of his anger quite often the result of why people end up on the trains you know so um, it's going to be interesting now to see I think how much more Whitney learns about him at some point someone is going to walk into that uh, burger joint some somebody is going to maybe Karen or Whitney or Chelsea taking Mir for a burger I imagine or something and they're going to discover that Grey is working there. Um, 
So then what happens, I wonder? I had this real sort of solid theory that Chelsea wasn't pregnant, but she kind of seems to be really attached to the idea this week. You know, talking about hormones and morning sickness and kind of taking Mia for shopping trips on Gray's increasingly large overdraft. Mm. Um, where do you think this is going to go? Where do you think this is going to go <laughs> from here? Yeah, it's, it's screwed. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, if Chelsea's not pregnant, and we're going on mm. your, your theory last week, uh, yeah. then she's playing a blind of an acting role here. Isn't with, she? This with is everyone the thing. on the square, telling everyone that she's, she is pregnant. Um, I mean, it's, 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 I, I think Chelsea is pregnant. I'll be honest. I do Possibly. think Chelsea's pregnant because I think it would be more of a story that if Grey is to die very soon, one way or another, not that I want mm. him to die, by the way, because I don't think that's the right thing to do for someone who's, a uh, a domestic who's, who's basically got a history of domestic violence and a killer. I hate it when they kill off characters like that because I just don't think that's their comeuppance. I think okay. their comeuppance should be they go to jail and they pay for the crime that they've committed. Boring, I, though, that's just personally how I feel. I've always felt like. Yeah. Is it though? Because I agree. No, I agree with Grey you. Back if you need to. God be no. a bit more of an interesting story. <laughs> like she's, she's. Yeah, I don't know. But he's always looming over. If he's, if he's still alive, he's always there. He's always looming there. He could always any point arrive. Um, You're not selling the idea of not more, putting like, him off interesting. to me. And like, a, and <laughs> but I, I think, I think that it makes a more interesting story that if they are killing Grey off. And his ultimate demise as he dies, then mm. Chelsea being pregnant means that it's going to be a, a mother who's a single mother, especially someone like Chelsea who doesn't, who basically isn't going to be very good with children. And she's given a few hints this week where she's kind of said like, oh yeah, you know, I quite liked being around his kids this week. It was quite good fun. But then she was doing it in an environment mm. that she enjoyed. And every time the, the Shopping, little girl yeah. saw Whitney, she was more keen to being like, hi, Whitney, save me, Whitney. Yeah, Please, yeah. Whitney. Yeah. <laughs> like, Help me. Was like, I'm on. carrying all her bags, Whitney. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there wasn't anything in that bag for this her. All she had one DVD mine. and all of Chelsea's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's another point. What's going to happen if, if Gray was to die or to go to jail? What's going to mm. happen to his two kids? What happens to the kids? His two daughters. God that's knows. This horrible, is yeah, this sad is, story. They're going to end up. I know. This is the one component of this storyline that I kind of can't see where the future is. I don't get where Macamira are going to go. I mean, there's fam. They have got family on the square. Obviously, they go. The opposite solution would be for them to go and live with Karen. And maybe almost fill up the sort of role that was left behind by Riley and Chatham, you know, when when they left because they sort of they sort of went away, didn't they? I think they went to go and live with their dad, didn't they? After lockdown, um, so there's sort of a two little kids role slot to be filled within the within the Taylor household. So they might go there, um, even though the show I'm sure will try and deliver some sort of rubbish about Whitney deciding that she needs to take them under her wing or Chelsea. Oh, God knows. Um, but yeah, I'd imagine that's where they'd go. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting now. I, I say interesting. Um, Whitney's going. <laughs> uh, Whitney is now, I think, a few question and answers away from sort of really discovering like what's going on with Gray because he, like you say, he was he was mm. delivering some claptrap this week about the fact that Laura gave, sacked him because he dared to have time off for a bereavement. So yeah, it was it was bang out of order that I had the, I had time but off for my wife's funeral, that. but she was furious when my father died. Yeah. Yeah. It was just rubbish. Absolutely, he was just talking <laughs> but rubbish. She, but Whitney, Whitney saw immediately went. Yeah, but Whitney immediately, yeah. yeah, immediately saw through that and said, "Like, no, Gray, you're, you're no." Which is nice to see that from a character to actually like kind of like be mm. bulldozed by him because of his, his beauty or like the way he's been affectionate toward her. Like you say, I think she's cut all she she's seven all the times with Gray. Any kind of affection mm. that she's had. Um, oh, be quiet. Mm. <laughs> he said, a domestic abuser. <laughs> no. Um, uh, yeah, she's severed all ties. And I don't think that... I think Whitney's going to be... I don't know. It's interesting. I, I still want... And I, I'm saying this every week until the BBC listen to me. <laughs> I still would love to see a two-hander with Chelsea and Whitney. And I would love it to be... In the vein of when Dirty Den got discovered and you saw Sam and Chrissy and Zoe all in the Vic and they, they kind of, they have it out with him one final time and then he's, he starts trying to get them and then they kill him and, uh, they, they basically together, they, 
they they kill him and maybe bury him like under a patio or something like that. I don't know. That that in a way that's I wouldn't mind that being uh, Gray's demise. But if it's just that he's like running away and he gets hit by a lorry or something. Well, like no, that. I feel that if Gray's going to die, I have a feeling that they're going to try and impale, they're going to try and work some way into impaling him on the dishwasher like they did with Chantel because they keep alluding to the dishwasher, don't they? It's like whenever Gray's yes, too happy, they, they sort of get a week. flash. They get a little. We get a little moment of staring inside Gray's extremely flash dishwasher. By the way, I didn't realise how flash that dishwasher was. <laughs> it's got like blue neon lighting inside it. I want that dishwasher. It's gorgeous. Um, so I wonder if they're going to do they're going to do something that sort of mirrors Chantel's death. I think to sort of bring the storyline back to its grassroots and make it look as though the whole thing's gone full circle. <laughs> yeah, but, she, but but not on purpose. Poor old Whitney. She's a, she's an accidental serial killer. If there is such a thing, yeah, yeah of course <laughs> but, there is. Um, yeah, I just for me, I just I just I think that'd be really interesting. It's a shame they couldn't like somehow shoehorn a third one in. So it really is like a, 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 a mirror of when they had like, the Dirty Den's demise with the uh, mm. with the store stop. Karen, but, maybe. Um, yeah, I think you're right, and it could work. No, I don't think Karen would though. The only yeah, thing she, I could think of is if daughter. Tina appears. Like if, ah, so yes, yeah, but yes. like if yeah, but she doesn't know that. So if they Chelsea and so basically Chelsea and uh, Whitney are like confronting Gray, and then the mm. duff duff could be like them saying like, "Oh, we found an old friend of yours," something like that, and you just see Tina coming out from the shadow. I'd love that. That would be pretty sweet. I'd love, I'd love that. that. That'd be really yeah. fun. Mm. So maybe something maybe along those lines. We'll see. We'll see. But yes, okay. Christmases are coming. Oh. <laughs> uh, final story then. And it's a little story on the end of Friday. Um, and that was Dottie finally got the cash from Sonia for her mother's care. She's still looking for her mum. Can't find her. Looked at a few hostels, still can't find her, but that's fine. But but yes, this is it. This is the bone of contention. The money that Sonia's given her isn't enough. <laughs> So, again, we're not learning her lesson from the first time, which is just ask Sonia for some more. Maybe just Can I have ask more, her. please? Can I have just some say, more? You know, Sonia, their right. bills are quite quite expensive. Yeah. You know, you've got Dot's yeah. millions in the bank account. Can I just have a little bit extra to yeah. top this up? But no, Dottie's back to plan A, it's... and that is she's going to get uh, Tom to start yeah. scamming Kathy and get more money out of Peter. <laughs> oh, honestly. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly right though. You know, the the really sensible things. Dottie has clearly seen that Sonia is prepared to hand over this money for a worthy cause, such as finding her mum and trying to help her mum out with this clinic. But instead of just saying that, like you say, she's gone, Right, that's it, right, you in with Kathy. Yeah, we're scamming her. Three grand by the end of the week. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll, we'll do it like that. It's just rubbish. Um <clears throat> but yeah, essentially, um, the whole point of this week, I think, really, is sort of to move Rocky slash Tom into place with the Bills, because now it seems that Kathy and Tom are are back on. Their romance is back on. Kathy has been holding this candle to Tom ever since he broke up with her. Um, again, though, I feel that what we've seen this week is that Tom is now completely and utterly against this plan. Tom is not a bad person, really, on the whole. He's sort of been found himself in this situation. Uh, He's really against this plan. I think he's against Dottie's plan completely. He doesn't want to do this to Kathy. He doesn't want to sort of um, try and uh, drain more money out of people that don't deserve it in his eyes. Um, Peter does, because Peter deserves everything that's coming to him. But, um, it, yeah, they're really now building <laughs> up this uh, relationship between him and Kathy a little bit more. So I, I, I enjoy, and I enjoyed him and Kathy together. So it'd be interesting to see if and when this, this plot kind of comes out, whether Kathy is still there for Tom and whether she recognises that he was trying to protect her all from it. What do you think? <clears throat> Well, there's that, isn't there? That is, is, is she going to see that Tom is ultimately trying to be good? Um, but then it's always going to be, yeah. as, as Dottie continuously tells Tom, his word against hers. Um, and who are they going to believe? Mm. And to be fair, I think if you're going to get it from both angles, you're just going to be like, you know what? I'm, I'm having enough of both of you. Just both of you go. Just go. Shoo, 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 shoo. Mm. Off you go. There's also the connection that he's obviously... Yeah. Um, he's uh, He's got the connection with... Uh, Nick, hasn't he? Nick Cotton. Um, and Nick and Kathy have quite a history between yeah. them. As we said two weeks ago when we did Lou Suitcase. Yes, when yes. Uh, Nick blackmailed, blackmailed Kathy because he found out that Kathy had a daughter uh, 
from when she had been raped uh, in the past. Um, so I wonder if that's going to cause kind of a tension between her as well, finding out that he's, you know, there's a connection there as mm. well. I don't know. If maybe. Might... Well, not. I doubt it, but yeah, maybe. It might be more of the immediate story, like you say, about Dottie. Yeah. But do you think this is worrying yeah, time th- for poor Dottie, that this could be kind of like, this could be the, the goodbye for Dottie? Because once she gets found out, is is there is she gonna, she's already lost Tiff. She's gonna, she's going to get up Sonia up Sonia's nose and Kathy. Yeah, there's there's every possibility because you know she is losing support left, right, and centre. And it's going to be interesting now to see um, where Dottie goes from here and what her plan is. Um, because all she really wants now is money. But she implied, I think, that she would go once she's got this money out of Sonia, didn't she? So when that doesn't come to fruition, mm. how much more is she prepared to do? I think at some point along the line, she's going to lose Tom's support because, but she, you know, she and yeah. she can hang, she can hang this whole thing over him, saying, "Oh well, I'll just reveal everything." Oh great, Dotty, that's fine. But what happens to you when you've done that? Because then you literally have nothing. Tom, I don't know if Tom has worked out that he's in a more powerful position than Dotty is because Dotty is now literally desperate <laughs> for mm. this money. Desperation mm. is not a, you know, and. <laughs> If he was to back out of the plan, Dottie's got... Yeah, it's not. Uh, and if he was to back out of the plan, Dottie's got nothing. And I don't think Dottie or Tom have quite worked that out yet. So I'm sensing a moment where Tom will realise, actually, do you know what? I'm fine. I'm going to tell Kathy everything. What are you going to do about that? Um, so, yeah, the confrontation, I think, is now going to happen between um, Dottie and Tom at some point. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Mm. And I, th- I just, I just, for me, it feels like that Tom will stay and Dottie will go. I just think that maybe this is, this I, I'd love Tom to stay. I really like me. Tom. I'd love, to, I'd love him to stay. I, I love Tom's Brian Connolly. To stay. Love yeah. Brian Connolly in the role. He's such a good actor. It's mad. I can't believe how good an actor Brian Connolly is. It's craziness. Um, but yeah, I'd love Tom to stay. I love Dottie as well. I love Dottie as well. I think Millie Zero is great in the role. Um, it'd be really interesting to see oh, her stick too. around. So, yeah, I'm worried that we're going to lose somebody I like via this story. It, I can't really see a future of them mm. both staying on the square at the same time, which kind of upsets me. Um, but hey, you know, <laughs> they've they've worked madder ways of characters staying on the square after situations in the past. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, there we go. That was the week in Wolf. There you go. Good um, week, as we said. Superb week. It was a good, fun week, wasn't it? It was a, and there was some real drama. Yeah, stuff moved along. <laughs> Let's read some of your comments then that you sent to us on our Twitter on I Want to Gossip. And you know me, I ain't want to gossip. So we have time for one comment this week and it is from A Kitchener 97 and they have written I really want Whitney to bring down Grey because I feel like Chelsea is too blinded by the money, bling and this wedding. I just hope Whitney isn't getting too sucked into Grey's lies. Seeing Callum on screen was one of my favourites this week because we don't see enough of him. Well it's funny you say that the last part of that because you said that it's, you don't see enough of Callum away from on his Ben. Own. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's nice to see him this week you know, doing his own yeah. thing. Um, do you think, do you, do you think there's uh, other characters that we haven't seen enough of recently on the square? Uh, like we've talked about the Taylors recently as well. Karen, we've not seen a lot of, have we? Mila and Ikra. We say this, I, I say this quite often. I'm, you know, yes. Mila's, Mila's not been seen for weeks and weeks and weeks. It's kind of like, they just. it feels like they just brought Mila in for the FGM storyline. And they have no idea what to do with her now. You know, they've got, we've got this new kid running around, mm-hmm. Keone, who was apparently moved in with, with Ikra and, and Mila. We don't, know, we don't know anything about how they're getting on. It just annoys me. I, you know, I, yeah, I've got my issues with, with the Balam relationship. But what I don't have an issue with, with Balam is how well that they've sort of been written. Like, there's no argument that we kind of know Balam inside out. We know them as a couple and we know sort of what makes them tick, you know. And it really sort of irritates me. It's like, why can't you put that much effort into other relationships on the square? You know, I don't know anything about Ikra and Mila. You know, yeah. I'd really like, and I'd, I'd really like to know more. Denise and Jack again. I barely know anything about Denise and Jack. Jack barely shows up these days, apart from to walk in and tell somebody that the CCTV wasn't working and walks out again. You know, I'd like to see more. <laughs> Yeah, and Jack and Denise are getting married. They're the ones getting married. Yeah. I think it's a double wedding, isn't it? That's the point. It's oh, a double wedding with yes. Chelsea. But we don't see oh. much of their relationship. No, I know. So oh. that's a really, yeah, that's interesting. So we know more, probably know more about Grey and Chelsea in the last yeah. two weeks than we've ever yes. known about Denise and Jack. Denise and Jack, ever. So yeah, you're right. That's, it's a yes. shame. <laughs> 
it's a shame they don't delve more into the into the history of these relationships. I mean, I 100% agree with you with Milank, uh, Ikra. I mean, ugh, I wish we'd learn more about them because they're I such know. an interesting couple. And on screen together, they were great. So yeah, it makes me think that they are going to be victims to whatever is going to go on at the mosque, in all honesty. I think they're in danger of sort of well, being axed, essentially, because they haven't got anything to do with her. And I think it would be really nice, because I really liked Mila. From what we've seen of Mila, I really like her. She's got, like, sass, and she's good behind the bar of the Albert. That's a really good place for her for her to be. Um, and her and Ikra seem to be, from what we've seen of her and Ikra, the little tidbits that we get, they, they work really well together. And I really want to see how they're doing with bringing up Keone. And maybe some sort of ending to the mum being in prison and how they're all coping with that. So it's not like the story isn't there for them. It's not like I could sit here and think, I've got no idea what yeah. they would do with that character. There's stuff there for them to do. Just get on with it. Do, <laughs> just do it. Let us, let us see some more of these characters, please. Because they're both good actresses <laughs> as well. The girl who plays Ikra is amazing. I really like, I really like Ikra's actress and, and the character. She's got such a good kind of presence on screen. I love her relationship with Bobby. So. It's not like there isn't stuff there. Do it with them, please. Let me see these characters because they're nice and they're fun to watch. Yeah. Do as you're told. Do what Rob right. says. Do as you're Rob told. Knows if you're listening or watching, Rob yeah, knows do what Rob best. Says. <laughs> 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 um, so uh, in a moment, Rob's going to give you the details of how you can get in touch with us. Don't forget, there's no episode next week, uh, but we'll be back the following week, uh, which I believe is the first week of December. So we're building up to Christmas. But Rob, how can people get in touch with us and let us know what they think? You can contact us on Twitter and Instagram at Walford Weekly. You can find us on Facebook at Walford Weekly Podcast. On YouTube, don't forget to like, subscribe, click the bell, all the good stuff. And you can get our spoiler videos. And you can listen to us on Apple, Podbean, Spotify, or any of your favourite podcast sites. We're everywhere. I have an email address at robwalfordweekly at gmail.com. Or you can contact the funny guy on alexwalfordweekly at gmail.com. As Alex said, we shall not be back next week because Alex is skiving. Uh, but we'll be back in two weeks time from today and we cannot wait for you to be listening to our voices and seeing our pretty faces again in december so until then it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from myself Mwah. farewell goodbye <laughs>